0: Hello and welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson, I'm Aaron Sims. And uh, I had somebody come up to me the other night at the season ticket holder party and Andrew was his name and he said he's really been enjoying these. So if nothing yes. else, he says one person is listening. And I said, thank you, because Absolutely. That, that, makes it, uh, that makes it better that An- we know at least Andrew somebody is listening. Andrew did the same
1: to me while I was in the locker room That's great. conducting tours. He said, I really love those. And then he said, you know who I wish we could have on the show? If there was one player that we could have on, it would be Colton Sissons. Well, lo and behold – here
0: you go, you go, Andrew. Here you go, Andrew. Colton Sissons joins us. Former Admirals captain, first player in AHL Admirals history to score 25 goals in each of his first two years. Of course, uh, hat trick in the playoffs, played in the Stanley Cup. The, He's the, done some great things. The, in the, the youngest captain National in National Hockey youngest captain in Admirals history. There you go. Good to see you, man. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me on it's the podcast. It's interesting to be back, isn't it? It is. It is. It was a weird feeling when I was uh, touching down the other night. Um, in milwaukee it's been it's been only a couple of years, but it feels like longer
0: well it, it you, you say a couple of years, but your last game was I think March of sixteen right. so you may have come back to visit or whatever i don't know, but it's been officially almost four years, which is crazy to me,
2: yeah, I know time flies, man <laughs> <And> <laughs> no, kidding. no kidding, no kidding you almost when, did there too yeah. <laughs> yeah right when i and when <laughs> I, I saw you
0: i
1: couldn't here. i couldn't remember. Have you had played in Pantherina and you had not? The last game you played for us would have been at the Bradley Center.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was at the at the Bra- Bradley Center. Rest in peace to the Bradley Center. Yeah. It's yeah, gone. I drove by How the How weird the other was that day. for was you? Yeah. So mu- so different in there. It's crazy. Yeah. It's hard to imagine. It's just gone now. It's but where you yeah, grew up. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. For honestly, yeah, it was. Like I lived right right across the street, really, from the Bradley at uh, my first apartment there, and. Um, yeah, when I drove by and saw the new Bucs Arena, which looks amazing, by the way. That, oh, whole, yeah. that whole district there is really cool. They did a great job. But, yeah, it was, it was weird. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I think we st- let's just start with when you first came, how, how you ended up in Milwaukee. Obviously, you're a, you were a, uh, drafted by the Preds, second-round second draft pick, uh, and straight up, fresh out of juniors. But your reputation out of juniors was this guy's a leader. Yeah, right? mature. This, I mean, mature, yeah. beyond his years maybe not be super flashy, but does the the, the little things that, that help teams and and, and, and
0: and to follow up on that, if I remember right, were you more of a wing in juniors, or did you play a lot of center? Because you and Mika came in at the same year. We did. And yep. Mika was a center, I believe, w- in Finland, but they moved him to wing. And I want to say that you went from wing to center. I could be wrong on that part, but...
2: I was a centerman definitely the the last two years of my junior career. I was... I was playing center. I started as a winger, um, but, yeah, when I was, when I was uh, kind of in my prime of juniors, I was, I was definitely playing center. Okay. So I can't remember if, I, they, if they threw me at in the middle right away down here, if they let me play a little bit of wing to get, get my feet wet. But um, I do remember playing some center my very, my very first season here with the, with the ads. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, I yeah.
0: Yeah, played center and, and, uh, and had a great year. When you think about it, 25, 25 goals. 25 goals. Yeah, I mean that was and, and made your NHL debut all in the same season. Yeah, we're an yeah. AHL
2: All Star. Yeah, yeah, I made the All Star game um, up in St. John's. I and I'm sure you guys have talked about it before on the on the airwaves, but that was a that was a crazy story trying to get up to St. John's. I remember getting called up and sent back to Milwaukee. I logged a lot of miles that weekend. Oof, yeah,
1: That's, yeah. I you know I remember actually telling you. I said, Sis, what are you doing for All Star Break? You said, I'm going to Scottsdale, maybe, or somewhere else? Yeah,
2: my family had a, a had place in Scottsdale. I yeah. planned a little uh, vacation out in Phoenix, um, outside of Phoenix, and I was supposed to go out there, but uh,
1: and then I fortunately,
2: I <laughs> had, uh, had other plans to, to go play in the uh, All Star Classic on The Rock. Literally, Literally the, rock. the exact opposite
0: part of North America. That right. you could be from Phoenix, yeah, Arizona. It c- could have been much rock.
2: further away and in a much. Uh, different climate and that that's really, for sure it
1: actually said a lot about you uh, and your game that you were chosen for that game because Jeff Blashill was the coach uh, he was now he's coaches the Red Wings back then he was coaching uh, the Griffins he wanted you on the team because they were pl- we were playing Skelef Skeleftia, who were I can't remember who we were playing Pontus' team. team yeah yeah that's and, right and they didn't want to the the they the AHL didn't want to lose so they didn't just want to take you know the top ten, the top fifteen scorers, yeah. and throw them out there. They wanted guys who could play in situations that they that they had faith and confidence in, and so that was not the only reason you're chosen, but that was a big reason you're chosen. And it's only half the guys because it was only half the uh, half the roster. So that obviously was an honor for you, I would assume.
2: Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty surprising. Obviously, that usually there's two teams um, that play I- against each other in the All Star games, and it was just the one that year. And I mean, there had been. S- very little chatter that maybe I would get the call, but um, I, I remember I remember being told and being super surprised. And um, yeah, I was I was honored to be able to be a part of that one because it was um, yeah it was a, it was a tough team to make that year. So I was I was pretty proud of myself for that one.
0: Give us the honest take though. When guys I, I guys get chosen for the All Star game, it's a grind of a season. You've got a grind coming up after the All Star break. Isn't it nice to go home for three days and, and rest and relax and, and do whatever? It's Yes, it's a nice honor, but at the same time, it's like, boy, it's it would sure be nice to, to maybe sit at the pool for two days and then come back and get ready for work.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody needs that during the season. Yeah. I mean, everybody would be totally fine doing that <laughs> and, and not being at the All-Star game, but it, it is an honor and it is a, a big, um, I guess, feather in your cap. And. Yeah. When you're in it, you, you got to go and represent the league and represent your team. And you always have a blast when you're there. But, yeah, you, it's nice to kick the feet up by the pool once in a while, too.
1: And, I mean, we didn't just bring in here to pump your tires. I swear this is not going to be all this is about. But you got to the game, the All-Star game in, uh, in Newfoundland. And the travel to get out there is is ridiculous. And we had played somewhere on the road the night before. So you probably hadn't gotten much, if any, sleep. And... We got, and Dave Andrews actually had said to John Greenberg and I that, you know what, we went in to do a community visit, to visit a, a hospital or something like that, and we, looked for, we asked for volunteers. It's not a mandatory thing, and whose hand goes up, but your hand. And I think that it, it says a lot about you as a person, obviously as a hockey player, that you didn't get any sleep. You could have easily said, I'm really tired. I'm going to just, just let me have a nap. I'll sign all the autographs you want, but I'm going to do this. And that, that impacts kids, and I, yeah. you probably know that. Uh, but it really, it, it's impressive that you do that.
2: Well, yeah, I appreciate it. I've um, always been uh, one to to volunteer to do things like that, especially going to anything to do with kids. I, I'm a sucker for um, doing anything in the community when it's with kids because um, it just makes uh, such an impact, and it's its always a lot of fun when you get there. Some days you're tired, and some days, yeah, you want to be on the couch or take a nap, but it's always worth it from from our point of view as well, so... Um, yeah, always try to do what I can.
0: I want to tell a story real quick. Uh, I shouldn't say real quick because there's probably a little more to it than this, but, um, it was right before the Olympics in 14 and you were up and I got called up because unfortunately Pete Weber had a cardiac event. Um, so I filled in for a couple of games and I was in St. Paul for a game, Milwaukee on a Wednesday, St. Paul on a Thursday, Milwaukee on a Friday, Nashville on Saturday, And then the Admirals played at home against Chicago on Sunday. And you and I flew back together from Nashville to Chicago. And then we had to wait at O'Hare for a connecting flight to Milwaukee. And you and I waited and waited and waited. And pretty soon, we weren't going to make the game. So I suggested to you, I know the broadcaster for Chicago. Maybe he can give us a ride. Problem was, we couldn't get your equipment.
2: Right. I remember that. So
0: Jason Shaver picks us up in his van at the airport at O'Hare and we'd ride up together to play Chicago that afternoon. Your equipment does eventually show up. You play. I don't remember if the Admirals won or lost, to be quite yeah, honest I can't with remember you. The we game. were all tired. <laughs> but that being said, I'm curious you remember that situation. I do, yeah. I'm curious what were you thinking when this fat guy over here was <laughs> saying was suggesting that this is how we should handle the situation.
2: <laughs> I mean,
0: because you kind of more alo- you went along with it, but I'd, I'm curious how on board you really were with the whole thing, especially without your equipment.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it sounded great until we got down um, outside of the gates, and I couldn't get my gear because it was still gonna get on that plane. And I was like, well, maybe we should have thought that one through a little <laughs> bit. But it was like planes, trains, and automobiles trying to get back for that game. It was, it was funny. I remember, I think I was laying down in the back of the van trying to yep, have a nap yep. on the way up. Yeah. yeah, that was that was I forgot about that. That was funny. <laughs> I've always wondered since that situation. Yeah. We what got did through you think? it. We got through it, yeah, and I'm wondering 'cause
0: like like I said, it was it's O'Hare. so you know it's enormous. you never know when this gate is gonna open up yeah. or anything like that. And you're sitting and waiting and it, it pretty soon, you know, it's What's 11 o'clock on? in the morning, yeah, and we got go a 3 time. o'clock game. Yeah, yeah, we better figure this out pretty yeah. quick. And fortunately, the equipment landed, and, and, everything and was all was good. We oh, did yes. get it, yeah. So yeah.
1: I want to go back to your first year in Milwaukee. What do you remember? What are the highlights of that year for you? Who did you live with? Uh, how did you find a roommate? As a rookie, how do you Being find a, rookie, a roommate? Yeah. And that, that was a really good team we had, especially at the end of the season. Some pretty impressive names. You, you go down Nashville's roster now, it's all those guys that were on that on that team, or a lot of them. Yep. Uh, so what do you remember about that first year, your rookie professional year?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was such a fun year for me. Um, from a hockey standpoint, from a life standpoint, of being out on my own for the first time and right. having to having to figure out that whole situation, cooking and cleaning and finding an apartment. But I ended up being roommates with Mike Leambis. We're sitting here doing this podcast at the Hilton in downtown Milwaukee and we were roommates here. In Dream, the Hilton. during Tra- training, training camp. Okay. Um, for the Admirals ones all down. That's just
0: luck of the draw that you end up together. It yeah. Was, and was a random assignment.
2: And yeah I mean we were we weren't I wouldn't say consider us friends at the time but we were he was a nice guy and right. a veteran guy and kind of was just really inclusive for, to, to me and made me feel like comfortable and st- all that stuff and I remember like being stressed about, I didn't want to live on my own. I wanted to find someone to live with and kind of go to the rink every day and you'd hear about guys um, going off in their own friendships and with guys they already knew. And I just, I worked up the courage to ask him. I'm like, <laughs> I knew him and Val, uh, Scott Valentine, where are um, thinking about living together. I'm like, what do you guys consider throwing me in the mix? Right. And, yeah they're like yeah man absolutely you seem like a normal guy (laughs) 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 they knew i was young i was 19 years old at the time i was like an underager so um we ended up getting a three-bedroom uh place on uh, i forget what north old world third street i think it's called yeah just around the corner from the old bradley center and um it was a beautiful building beautiful
1: and you guys had uh, i remember photo day that year like headshot day all, th- all three of you got together and you, like you had your. You, everyone has their name. You got to hold up so our photographer can figure out who the heck is who. And so you guys had that made up on mugs, right? We I did. I think it was on coffee mugs. A picture of Valentine, Sissons, Liambus just standing there like this, with their arms around each other.
2: Yeah. All in the mugs. Yeah, I think we got those done for uh, for Christmas that year. Really for each yeah, other. I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. yeah, they're good. So I hope those are still kicking around somewhere. I don't, I don't know where mine went, but. I'm sure Bussy still has his.
1: And I, I think your relationship with Mike Leambus is so unique because you guys are sort of opposites, right? Like, you're pretty chill, right? Level-headed. I can't, I don't picture Mike having any chill at all. Like, he's go, 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 always high-energy type of guy, always talking. Keeping himself busy. Keep, yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. But you guys, you know, it, 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 it works for you.
0: Yeah, it
2: works. It works. Opposites attract, I guess, is what they say. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, he does. He's super high-energy. and you see that all the time but uh i mean he still would be would be hanging on the couch and just relaxing and it'd be quiet right <laughs> it wouldn't be constant chaos it wasn't constant in there chaos, yeah. but we always had a bunch of stuff on the go and he ended up getting a puppy that year so we had fun with that raising a roxy. dog roxy, roxy yeah. was, uh, shout out to roxy yep he's got her out in uh in iowa she's doing well still so um yeah we had a ton of fun that year we're all three of us like cooking, and so we'd whip up some pretty spectacular meals. We sure. were eat, eating good and and well, having Mike, fun. Mike,
0: Mike, fancies himself a pretty talented in the uh, person in the kitchen. Yeah, he is, yeah. Uh, so how about you?
2: Yeah, I do as well. Yeah. I do as well. Were you?
0: Were you at that point?
2: I think that was like my coming out party, like getting into cooking. Because I, I mean, in juniors you live with a host family, right? And they they do really most of your cooking right. and cleaning and all that stuff. So. Once I moved down here, I started getting into it, and I'm sure those boys uh, taught me a few tricks just along the way.
0: As Charlie mentioned, that your that team, that 13-14 team, you look at it, it was Phil Forsberg and Scott Darling, and eventually Kelly on Kelly at the yeah, end of the he season. He joined us at the and deadline. And, uh, yeah, it Mika Salamaki. Yeah, Austin Watson. Uh, it was uh, it was a lot of Ekholm uh, would have been right. I mean, no, he was no. up. Maddie was yeah. up that year. Maddie was up. Uh, yeah. So, but it was I mean, pretty pretty impressive group. And I remember the playoffs against Toronto, that playoff series against Toronto. You remember, I'm assuming you yep. remember that. Yep. that. That was disappointing. It because was. Because you yeah. played so well against Toronto in the regular season and it got to the playoffs and they were all, I think they were all one goal games. Yeah, they were, yeah. They were close for sure they were. But it was just like, oh, you just didn't have enough. And you thought, boy, this, this might be a team that could do something.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I remember we were all disappointed about that one. We were. We were a pretty uh, confident group go- heading into playoffs that year. And like you said, we had a lot of young talent. Mm-hmm. And maybe uh, that was our Achilles heel, heel. A lot of us impact guys were, were pretty young and maybe uh, didn't answer the bell when it, when it mattered the most. I remember we were pretty bummed out after that. Um, I think we got swept three, three, yeah, straight, three that, straight that, that series. Yeah. So but that the tough, tough
0: thing was, so the first two are in Milwaukee. Game three is in Toronto. Everybody has to pack because there's a chance you go to the next round right. if you win. So everybody has huge suitcases, but the Admirals can't fly out of Toronto for like a week.
2: Yeah, I remember that. So we have to bus back I from do Toronto. I remember getting that text that night saying that we're, we won't be staying the rest of our <laughs> planned stay. We'll be bussing back early in the morning. And that was a tough one. That so was you a talk about being ride. bummed. That, was that, probably, was, that might have been more of a bummer. That one. was salt in the wound for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, one, that one stung. Yeah.
1: I can't imagine how bad that bus smelled when you got back to Milwaukee. Ten hours or whatever it was.
0: Yeah,
2: so that, that was, was a long, long oh,
0: Everybody's suitcase is on top because all the equipment is it's below. Right? Oh, yeah. It's you could just,
2: not walk down the aisle in on that, that was,
0: one. That was rough. I'm sure you've had long, playing in the Western League, you've had long bus trips. Was it comparable
2: to this? Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. I'd say about that 10-hour mark is the longest you kind of stay on the bus without yeah. going somewhere to maybe uh, check into the hotel or something. Right. Yeah. Well, in yeah. this
0: one, it wasn't it the case like we got to Chicago and the bus driver used his hours, and we had to get a new bus driver. I we think had to you wait. we had to. in yeah. Chicago. We're an hour away from home. Finally, yeah. we're and we got to wait there. a half hour for the new bus driver to show up because the bus yeah. driver
2: used his limit. Yeah, everyone, uh, everyone was just done at that point. <laughs> right, <laughs> just looking for an uh, Uber, like, maybe. Don't text me. Don't call me for a day or two. I'm... <laughs> Well at no, least you had, had the up. meetings up
0: in Toronto mm-hmm. you had the
2: exit meetings in
0: Toronto. We had right?
2: that all taken care of at least yep
1: you you played for all three years for Dean up in Admiral's AHL history. What was it like playing for Dean uh at, from a player's per se- perspective
2: I loved it. Um, me and Dean had a great relationship really from the get-go um he's a He was a simple guy to to please he he liked guys that prepared every day and came to work with a good attitude and um An optimistic outlook and um, if you showed up at night and did your job he loved you and um, thankfully he loved me and played the crap out of me and (laughs) I I got I had all the confidence in the world playing under him and ended up getting the all-star game nod that year and getting called up so um, I'm really thankful to have a a guy and a coach like that my first couple years here
0: well in your third year then you're the captain did, 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 you, you did you expect, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, one, as Charlie uh, was going to say, did you expect it? And two, did you have any reservations on it? Because this is a league, as you know, where the older guys are the captains. And yeah. quite frankly, not a lot of those captains slash older guys have an NHL future. A lot of them are maybe getting two, three games, but they don't get a career out of it. Did you, did you d- was that in your mind at all?
2: I remember I remember someone mentioned that to me when when uh, soon after I got named captain that year and I I don't I can't remember who it was if it was a reporter or something but it kind of bugged me because I was like I mean I was still 21 years old right still a young guy I didn't have uh, a terrific camp the year prior and I spent the whole year in Milwaukee that year but ended up having a good year and scoring 25 goals again and I knew I, I knew it wasn't I wasn't just a write-off at that point. I, Nashville still liked me, and I right. thought I had a a chance to get back there, and uh, um, fired me up a little bit and motivated me. And I ended up finding a way um, back to Nashville permanently at the the end of that season. So it fired you up
0: that somebody asked you about being a captain, like somebody wondered if you're, or it fired you up that you did not have the best camp and you came to camp the well, next bo- year well both
2: of those things both. but more of the the um implying that your here's, life you're here, the American yeah, yeah. here, here once you're name captain you, you signed your ticket here and that's that's that i didn't like that very much
0: <laughs> well it didn't last much longer
2: no it didn't it didn't but uh yeah no it was good i was like i said dean dean um always treated me like i was a leader even when i was a rookie that year mm-hmm. and um all the guys were so good to me and respected me as a teammate. And I was assistant captain the year before, so you never know what happens. But, uh, yeah, no, I was uh, definitely happy about being named captain and, and, be, and honored that I was the youngest one to do it. You
0: mentioned the year before, 14-15. It was so good <coughs> until Valentine's until it, Day, roughly. And until and, and, it wasn't. And, and then it wasn't It was so good, good until it wasn't. How, how rough was that? I, mean, I think it was 3-26 down yeah, the stretch.
2: Yeah, that was crazy, that stretch. That, that was tough to be a part you of you know i
0: just asked you if you've ever been uh, on a bus ride have you ever been on a stretch like that that is crazy that was rough
2: yeah no i hadn't uh, definitely hadn't there was just nothing we could we could do to figure that Pretty. out it was really from christmas on it was just a disaster that season it was tough well and tough. The, and the,
0: and the tough thing is and and we don't necessarily need to name names or anything but it was on the ice and off the ice like it was everywhere you went it was Bad news, it seemed like for this yeah. team.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it was was for sure. That was a, that was a tough one, you frustrating stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then the next year, though, you go back to having we've got a really good team again. And you called up, your, uh, you said, Aaron, your, that your last game was in March, but our team was really good uh, the rest of that season. And uh, uh, so you had, while you're in Milwaukee, besides two or three months unfortunately those two or three months were really bad but besides those two or three months you were part of really good teams here yeah
2: yeah I mean playoff teams that were yeah they had lots of talent and kind of well-rounded uh lineups and great coaching and yeah we did we had teams that were a lot of fun to be a part of and we're definitely in the mix to have some success we never ended up really figuring it out in the playoffs down here when in my tenure but uh yeah, we did. We we won a lot of hockey games.
0: Colton Sissons is joining us on the Milwaukee Admirals podcast. Uh, let's do a little bit of uh, throw out a couple of names here for you that uh, of guys you played with. I mentioned Mika Salamaki. You've played with him in the NHL. You played with him here. Uh, he's been here this season. What? Uh, give us something on Mika Salamaki. Kind of player he is. Kind of person he is. We know publicly he's a very quiet. person. He is.
2: Yeah. Is he? Is he very quiet? Uh he is fairly quiet most of the time. Um he gets going when he's with his Finnish pals. That's for <laughs> sure. He he's a he's a weird dude, that's for sure. Weird <laughs> sense of humor from what I hear through the translations. But uh yeah, he's a he's a great kid and um yeah, he's he's funny. He like he's always just giggling in the corner. Yeah. About something. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you never know really, what he's laughing you about. You never really know but he's laughing about something.
1: Does does he Dean <laughs> uh, once said that you say his name and his face turns red, but then you put him on the ice and you know, he's a bulldog I'm out blowing there. Blowing through guys. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's such a, it's an odd juxtaposition that uh, a guy is so introverted off the ice, but on the ice, he's going to, he's out going to rip someone's head off.
0: out
2: there. Yeah. Yeah. we call him the Finnish bull for, for a reason. <laughs> he He's not afraid to mix it up out there and take some runs at guys. And um, yeah, he's, <laughs> you know, when he's on the ice, Mika, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, Scott Valentine, what was it like living with Val and you keep still keep in touch with him?
2: Uh, we, uh, we chat uh, not too often anymore. He's we, in Europe, obviously. He's over in yeah, playing in Europe, and um, he just got engaged, I believe, actually, yes. recently. Yeah, I, I saw that on social media. Um, yeah, so uh, he, he was a great, great guy, good friend of mine that year. We had a ton of fun living together yeah, the th- the three of us it was it was really good. I got lucky living with those two guys. You never know what you're going to get in roommates, and but roommate, yeah. everyone was pretty clean and liked to cook and liked to have fun and it was a, it was a good mix. We had a good time. It worked
0: out really well. You go to the NHL and your second season, I guess your first full season in the NHL turns out to be close to as uh, as, as close to a dream season as you could possibly have.
2: Yeah, we're uh, a game and a half away yeah. from a dream come true season, but uh, it was a crazy ride, that's for sure.
1: And you obviously played a huge role in it. You guys start to get injuries, guys going down. You know, the f- we've all heard the Freddie Goudreau story, which mm-hmm. is an obviously an awesome story. But you score a hat trick in the in the clinch in the Western Conference clinching game. Yep. I mean, take us through that a little bit, and we saw what happened on the ice. But what was it like for you off the ice for that? How many text messages did you have <laughs> after that game? It had to have started with a, in. The, it had to have been in the thousands. I can only imagine.
2: Yeah, the text. Uh, yeah, I was pretty cool on Twitter that night. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, had a lot of a lot of action on there. But yeah, it was a ton of texts, and just people couldn't believe it. Honestly, it was like uh, I was like living in a alternate reality. I believe it was all real. It's it was just, it was so overwhelming. I mean, that night itself, I hardly remember, like, the celebration after. Sure. It was just, it was too much. Too Sensory much overload. Total elation, right? Yeah, it was crazy. How
0: hard is it, though, to go from something like, I mean, like, that's obviously the biggest win in franchise history uh, at at that point. Yeah. But two days later, you better be ready to go to work because, so, I mean, that's that's a crazy high that you have to not necessarily come down, but you got to refocus, obviously. Yeah, That exactly. had to be difficult.
2: It was. It was. We actually had, like, almost a full week in between the next – That might be too long. That game, it felt – it was really long because we had – I think we got probably two days off after that game and then had a day or two of practice in Nashville and then went over to Pittsburgh and had a practice there. And So it was – there's a lot going on. There's, like, the big media day when you get there. Yeah, I was going
0: to say, because you're dealing in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin yeah. – you maybe talk to two guys, maybe three, guy, three reporters in your time in Milwaukee, myself included. Yeah, and you go to exactly. media day for the Stanley Cup final.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. a little different. It's it's a, it was a different animal, that's for <laughs> sure. And there's a lot of us on that team that were had never been to that sort of level of sure you know, scrutiny activity and scrutiny and intensity, everything. And I mean, we plant we handled it pr- pretty well with, on the ice, at least I think we. Pushed a damn good hockey team to six games with missing uh, some key pieces to our lineup and And guys like Freddie Goudreau and, and, I mean, countless others. But it was uh, was interesting. It was interesting being able to go through it with some of us being thrust into such big roles.
1: Who from – how many people from your (coughs) family came out for the Stanley Cup finals?
2: Um, I mean, I had pretty much – I don't have a huge family, but I had pretty much the whole crew. Yeah. um, Like – grandpa, mom and dad, sister, uncles, couple of cousins.
1: And how do you get, the, Do you have to pay for their tickets? Oh uh, yeah. Did you get, did you guys get any comps? Any or something we get like our that? two,
2: we get our, yeah, we, all year long we get our two for sure. But uh, In the pretty fun. pretty much after that, it's, uh, you're, you're buying them at a bit of a discount, but it yeah. still, still stings the pockets a little so bit. So
1: how do you get those tickets? Do you go to... Brandon walker and say here's what Ticket i need, master. or do you have to go on yeah like stub, stub hub,
2: hub. Yeah. no stub you got yeah, that the final tickets prices on stub hub were outrageous uh, unbelievable even if you could find one yeah so and you, we, and you we, couldn't
1: it was crazy yeah
2: we i mean we had uh they they keep some access for players families because they obviously know they're going to be around but i told my family i'm like i'm not sure everyone will be at the games Right. Like I I honestly don't know. I, I know a couple. And you're a low
1: man on the totem pole, so to speak. Yeah, Second ex- exactly. first full year. Uh so it sounds exactly. like you're going to say to Rene, "Hey, Pex can I buy can I get eight tickets from you maybe?" Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, the one game in the final hours like before on game day, I I found some extra tickets. There's going to ha- I was going to have like four family members watch it in one of the the outdoor areas down on Broadway there cuz right. the streets were just packed. Just screens everywhere, so that would have been a cool experience to watch, but obviously everyone wanted to be inside Bridgestone to to see Take it unfold, to soak it all in. Yep. Yeah,
0: Rick Peverly told us about playing Game Seven. It was Game Seven, right, in Vancouver. Game Seven in Vancouver, and he's in a car with Brad Marchand, and they they, they stop thirty yards shy of the entrance because there's so many people. So. They have to run through the Vancouver Canucks fans,
1: and, and Vancouver Pemmer- notices that it's Marchand. It's in there and Brad Marchand. And it's, They're not happy. Yeah, oh. not the
0: best thing in the world. You but but probably did, were,
1: you probably remember this as a kid. I do. Uh,
0: <laughs> I do. You were a teenager, yeah. right? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. I, was, I, I
0: didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, you would have been out that area.
2: Yeah, I was. I, I, me and my buddy just watched all those games downtown Vancouver in the streets. Did you really? Yeah, they had the same sort of setup. They had screens and. Big concourses set up, and there are thousands of people. And it was it was crazy, that, that Stanley Cup run. I was a big Canucks fan at the time. So. Sure, 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 that makes sense. But yep. I'm
0: curious if you had something similar to that, where it was difficult to get into uh, Pittsburgh or if it was difficult to – because we saw the pictures in Nashville yeah. about how wild that was. I mean, how the heck do you get into the place?
2: Yeah, I mean, we didn't have to deal with uh, the crowds um, – too badly. I, m- I remember in Pittsburgh we always had like a police escort everywhere we went with the bus so they would just kinda meander through the streets with the with the cops uh, yeah. surrounding us and got some uh, unsavory gestures by a few <laughs> Penguins fans along the way but um, that was pretty much as bad as it got. It wasn't uh, I didn't have to w- run the gauntlet through any uh, Penguins fans at least. Yeah.
1: Did you allow yourself a minute a moment just to like maybe in pregame warm-ups game one of the finals to just look around and be like this is unbelievable that two years removed from being out of the playoffs 3 and 26 the last 30 29 games of the season in the American in League. the American Hockey League and now look what's going on
2: yeah I mean very briefly you can't do that in a game in very the game, briefly obviously. yeah I think the look at skating around when we had our practice uh, in Pittsburgh we were, I remember us we were looking up at the rafters and looking around at Mario. all the action, and yeah. I was like, i can't believe we're here, but we yeah we just I just tried to stay so focused and dialed in just because it were, you are just right on the edge of being completely overwhelmed and useless so. <laughs>
1: right right, absolutely and <laughs> you go over that edge, I bet it's tough to come back
2: yeah, exactly, so yeah we kept it we kept it pretty dialed in while we were around the rink, at least, yeah
0: when Patrick Hornquist scores and it's pretty much over at that point. What What do you guys, how, how tough was that?
2: It was tough. It, it was just, uh, it was surreal that it was over at that time because right. it was such a fun, the entire playoff run from when we swept the Blackhawks to, to then, it was like so much work and so many cool moments and, and victories and times where we were, when we were grinding and times where we were feeling no pain like after the Anaheim game and, it was, tough. it was a tough pill to swallow. We, we we, fought nail and tooth, and we just came up short, and it was upsetting. Yeah, it, it, it hurt real bad.
0: There's the famous story, Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky and the Edmonton Oilers are walking out of Nassau Coliseum, and they have to go by the Islanders' locker room, and they figure the Islanders are going to be jumping. They've won four straight. The Islanders will be jumping around and baying and all of that stuff, and they look in there, and these guys are just all just hunched over, exhaling. Yeah. You know, they – they worked. They grinded. They—that yeah. was a lot of stuff. It, it was, kind of, to, maybe not for Pittsburgh. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, you, you, like you said, it's so much hard work. Oh yeah. So much yeah. It was it's like, oof, wow.
2: It was yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. We we were all in the locker room for a long time after. And yeah, we were gassed, Just emotionally drained after that. It yeah. was. It was a. It's a lot to handle. And you stay so focused, and you just give everything you have in the games every single night, and. Once it's all over it's you're just exhausted how
0: do you how the heck is it possible to recover for a season when you have camp three months later yeah, you Not even. Be, yeah it's, was, it's it's June twentieth or whatever you play your last game, and now you've got to report to camp september tenth
2: yeah, it's a quick turnaround quick turnaround i remember i I took like a good probably two weeks off and then I was back in the gym trying to yeah. get back to work but yeah it was it was it was tough like just like blanked in your back at camp yeah but uh you almost felt like you're still in shape from the season because it felt like it was yesterday right. so um i remember feeling pretty good um, heading back into that camp so we had it was everyone was excited and looking forward to it after having so much success and coming back in we were like okay now kind of made our mark on the league last year and we, we were one one step away from from bringing a bringing the stanley cup here and we were all fired up for that season.
0: A, co- a couple more here for you before we, uh, before we wrap up. This season, it obviously has not gone in Nashville the way you wonder anybody wants. Um, what's possible? What's possible for this team? Now, there's been a coaching change. There's yep. been uh, injuries and you yourself even been, You included. have not been able to play for the new coach No, yet. you have not played I for haven't. the new coach yet. No. So this is what what's possible the rest of the way. What do you guys think?
2: i mean we're we're all super optimistic still um we got we got some some game a lot of games left here coming out of our um our bye week that's going on right now and um from everything that I've seen of of here our new coach uh it's been it's been really good. We made a couple systematic changes, but uh he's really been preaching the the message that it's it's just up to us if we want to choose to work, put the work and the commitment in and the rest will take care of itself we have we have all the talent in the world on on paper and um everything that we would need we we have we just need to execute that on a nightly basis and um we start stringing some wins together and start feeling good heading into the playoffs anything's possible because we everyone knew the expectation heading into this year was was to win so um That's that's still on the horizon. We
0: know as far as you're concerned that the work ethic (coughs) is certainly not going to be in question uh, 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 with the season. Uh, Final. uh, Well, Charlie may have something else, but I uh, 15 uh, other questions. Well, (laughs) I I wanted to ask you when you kind of as a a wrap up sort of when you think of your time in Milwaukee, almost three full seasons. What comes to mind? What do you what what's what are the what are the thoughts?
2: I mean, I, I really enjoyed my time down here. Um, I, I, I really did love it. I had some great teammates, some great just like we talked about with Dean and, and Stan Drulia and um, Scott Ford. Scott Ford was who you played with. Who I played with. He was my captain my first year, and uh, yeah, became a, a good good friend of mine who we, we still obviously are in contact quite a bit with uh, him being a coach down here now. Um, so that that's been awesome to be able to stay in touch with Fordo and. She's a good friend of mine, so um, yeah, nothing but fond memories about him. Milwaukee. I've never said a bad thing about this city. I had a blast here.
1: You had, uh, except maybe the sun doesn't shine very often, at least in this, in this <laughs> season. Maybe that's my own, maybe that's my own personal commentary. I don't know. Uh, I this is, a, I think, a neat, a funny slash neat slash maybe a little bit, you know, uh, close to home uh, story that happened to you. When you came to, so you're sent down you're just to finish up some rehab, get some skates in, and you'll go back up, obviously, with the, with the, and play with Nashville after the bye week is done here. Uh, but you come to town and maybe a little bit under the weather, so you go get a little bit, get some help from the pharmacy. And can you just tell us what happened uh, while you're there?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to pick up my prescription at the Walgreens down this, just down the street from the hotel here and gave him my name and. And they went in the back and they started filling out my prescription and the the nice woman came back and she's like, You're Colton Sisson's the the hockey player? I'm like, Yeah, yeah She's like, Oh my god, like my husband and I are, are big fans of yours and watch the Preds all the time and watched you uh when you were an admiral here a few years ago and we ended up having you. So that was uh, my my job the other morning when I was just picking up my my prescription and yeah. uh, found that out. I was like...
0: That makes you have
2: a good day. Yeah, yeah, I was like, this is a good start to the day, actually. <laughs> right, yeah, like, absolutely. That's never happened in Nashville, so... I was yeah. going
0: to say, has that happened to you at all? Anything no. like that?
2: No, I haven't got the uh, kid named after you, call me Cuz I'm sure you get well, hey, I was going to say list. but
0: uh, how, how the anonymity, is there such a thing as anonymity in uh, when you're a professional athlete and now what has become in the last 5 years a hockey crazed market?
2: I mean, it it's still pretty good in in that aspect. Um, you know, you get you get recognized the odd time here and there, but uh yeah, it's not like a, a Canadian city where Yeah. You know, everyone walking down the streets. Everybody's known. coming
0: to your table at the restaurant. Yeah,
2: it's 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 still pretty quiet in that regard. I don't know if uh, Nashville's just used to seeing country stars all the time. Right, sure. Celebrities are no big thing. You see them around, but um, people are super respectful, and and even if they do say, "Hey, we're big fans," they they let you do your thing and carry on with your groceries or your yeah. shopping, whatever you're doing. So it's it is nice.
0: Anything else, Charlie? No, we've 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 kept kept them 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 longer than we said we were going to. Thanks so much for doing this, Colton. We really appreciate it. No problem. It's good catching uh, up. Colton Sisson's joining us. Reminder, you you can get uh, the Milwaukee Admirals podcast wherever you can find your podcasts, including milwaukeeadmirals.com. We urge you to check those out. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. For Charlie Larson, I'm Aaron Sims. This has been the Milwaukee Admirals podcast.